All right, here we go, folks. A Thursday edition of Locked On Lions. You see him on the screen, Brad Spielberger from PFF. You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's good, everybody? Matt Derry with you. It is a Thursday edition of Locked On Lions right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thursday, June 22nd, NBA Draft coming up tonight into Friday, June 23rd. Thanks for listening and making us your first listen each and every day right here on Locked On Lions. A lot to get into today, including a discussion with Brad Spielberger. We love Brad from Pro Football Focus. He is with us and will join us momentarily. We got to tell you, you can follow us on Twitter at Derry Speaks at Locked On Lions on Twitter, the Matt Dairy Facebook fan page, and a shout-out to those of you watching on our Lockdown Lions YouTube channel. Brad is here. The legendary Dave Selfaro hit me up this week. He said, Brad is chomping at the bit to talk Lions. I said, let's do it. We love Brad. And uh, he joins us now. Brad, did you get a new uh, Lions helmet yet, though? Are you excited? It is a cool look. I got to get the new logo. I'm wearing some Honolulu blue, I guess, uh, accidentally. But, you know, I'm in the spirit. I'm in the spirit. <laughs> I did see that. I did see that. What What do you think of the uh, the throwback helmet they're going to wear a couple times this year? Look, it's the middle of summer. Fans seem to like it. What do you think? I do dig it. I think it's a cool logo. I like the old school lion. I do, though, if I could pick a nit. I'm not sure I love the combo with the gray uniform. I think it might look pretty cool with the all whites or something like that. But that's really kind of just, just nitpicking if I had to find a, a problem with it. Everybody thinks the same way you do. I, I really like it. And I just think that with all the momentum, and, and you tell me that this franchise has on and off the field, we're kind of pinching ourselves around here. Like even, even rollouts of things like a new helmet are getting lauded by everybody. It's a weird time here in Detroit. You start winning, you start stacking those W's, I guess. Yeah, I think it is usually when a team releases a uniform – it's almost consensus negative reaction. So to get, I agree, kind of consensus positive. That's just you're you're just you're in a good streak right now. I don't think there's any question about it. Brad Spielberger, follow him on Twitter at pff underscore Brad. All right, here we are on June 22nd. Uh, Brad, where are you on the Lions? Have, has anything changed as far as how you feel about their off season? And you know, as now we're turning the page towards training camp. I know there's some other free agents that are still out there that maybe. Alliance could sign, but it seems like they're pretty content with where this roster is, don't you think? Yeah, it seems like it, and I think they should be, right? I'm sure we've talked about, I think, maybe one more piece on the interior of the defensive line. If I had to find a spot where I think they could shore up the position a little bit, there aren't really any guys out there in, in that market. They, they tend to get signed up pretty quickly, and maybe they also just didn't want to spend in, in what really was a player's market this offseason at that spot. But, yeah, still think they're the presumptive favorite in the NFC North, and they should be. Obviously, I think maybe since last time we spoke, Jameson Williams now out six games, but – He'll still probably play more games than he did last year. So uh, still should be the favorite, and, and I think you're seeing good things. Love Sam Laporta. Obviously, tight ends as rookies don't contribute a ton, um, but that, 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 that after-the-catch ability, they might be able to get him to use early on as a rookie. It's interesting you mentioned interior D-line. There's some edges out there. There's the, the rumors, and I haven't really addressed it much on the show because I don't see it happening, of some sort of Chase Young trade. Yannick Ngakwe is out there, but I think especially at edge with all the guys they have, and I touched on Josh Pascal on the show yesterday, they're kind of loaded at that spot, aren't they? 
They really are. No, I mean, I mean, you look at the draft class last year, all the guys they bring in, um, even depth pieces now as well. Um, of course, blanking on his name now. Who, who is the uh, fifth or sixth rounder that, that flashed James a ton Houston. last year? Yeah, James Houston, yep. the fourth, who flashed a ton last year. I was I was high on Pascal coming out of Kentucky, obviously missed some time. But, yeah, I think Edge is fine. And then there are some pieces there. Obviously, you saw it a bit with Aiden, guys that you can kick inside for passing downs as well. Um, but I just think on early downs, another piece opposite of Ali McNeil, probably the last spot that I think you could point to and say, if only they had a guy here, you know, then, then I'd be really high on this roster across the board. You mentioned before about Jamison Williams. A lot has been made of the NFL now adjusting this gambling suspension business. They're not going to lift it. They're not going to reduce it. And it sounds like Jamison is not going to appeal it. What's your take on all of this? I'm tired of talking about it, but it does seem like the NFL is sort of admitting maybe the rule was not clear and maybe it was too tough on guys that were, were betting on other sports. Yeah, my opinion in part has changed since that news dropped. So when they initially said he was at the team facility and placed a bet, I still could get why people say, well, who cares where he's located? It's kind of a weird rule. To so go even, even further and to say that when you're at a you know away game in a hotel room and that constitutes team facility, that I think is insane, right? I mean, you're putting these grown adults, they have curfews. They can't do certain things, um, and now they also can't just sit there and log into an app on their phone because they happen like I don't know. If you walk across the streets to McDonald's, is that okay? Like I think that was a bit silly. I will push back on one thing though. I didn't spend a whole lot of time in an NFL building, but I did spend some time in a legal department. The odd that someone didn't tell all the players these rules, and look, maybe it was a seminar where everyone was half asleep and didn't really pay attention, didn't care, but. Trust me, it, these rules were conveyed to the players at some point, just maybe not in the most effective manner is what we're seeing you know, now in hindsight. Well, and the other thing, too, is it's not like they've had hundreds of suspensions. It's not like they've had all of these guys busted. It's been a few Lions, obviously. So it sounds like they're right. And I'm with the onus is a little bit on the organization, too, it sounds like, and just some of the individuals, right? Yeah, right. It, it comes down to the individual there. I don't think you can blame the front office or blame the coaching staff or blame the organization. Yeah, I think it's just guys maybe not really taking fully serious the the, the situation we're in right now. And obviously, he did not bet on NFL football. But but yeah, you know, it, it's tough. It is, you know, I think you could argue it's a bit unfair to not let these people participate in a market that everybody else is free to do. But the integrity of these leagues matters so much to these guys that unfortunately, you know, maybe it's just the cost of being in this league in this situation. Brad Spielberger with us, Pro Football Focus. We've done a lot of, of PFF stuff recently, Brad. A couple of things I want to hit on. Number one, and I know you don't write all of these. Uh, sometimes, uh, uh, you know, Trevor's involved or, or some of the others, Sam. Uh, offensive line, Lions have a top five O-line, according to you guys. Pretty accurate. What did you think of Sam's list? I think it is. I think the big thing for me, too, is to maintain depth as well. Um, obviously, you do lose some pieces. Evan Brown goes elsewhere, but I think you still have, you know, a good nucleus of players. You reunite with Graham Glasgow. You get a healthy, you know, Halapula Vadi Vitae, hopefully back in the fold to either be your right guard or maybe provide some depth at right tackle. Um, but, yeah, I mean, a tackle duo of Taylor Decker and Panay Sewell. And then, you know, Frank Ragnell, arguably one of the best centers in the NFL. You have good pieces with Jonah Jackson. and Like, it's just – it is – like we always preach, probably why they rank so high for us is the offensive line can often be a weak link system. So even if you want to argue, okay, Taylor Decker is not a top 10 tackle at the left side, he's top 15. Okay, fine. 
Panay Sewell, I think it's probably hard to argue he's not a top five, top ten right tackle. But anyway, even if you nitpick kind of how high each guy ranks, to have a starter at pretty much every spot that you can make a case is top 10, top 15 at their position, that's how you land very high on a PFF offensive line ranking. I got to I gotta throw this at you. Pete Prisco from CBS Sports, you mentioned Ragnow. Didn't have Frank Ragnow in his top 100 or even in the honorable mentions. What did you think of that? Yeah, that, that is interesting. That, I think, might just be getting lost in the wash based on the position you play. Obviously, not a flashy position. You know, one of the lowest paid positions. Uh, yeah, they do the dirty work. They don't get a lot of credit. Frankly, I think at center, the more your name is called, probably the worst, right? Either it's a bad snap or you got beat by a, you know, a pass rusher. So, hey, that is a snub uh, for sure. But, you know, I think it's a little bit less surprising, unfortunately, just because the position is not the flashiest in the world. Interesting. You guys did your top three on each team. And uh, for the Lions, Ragnall wasn't on that list, although he was kind of fourth. You mentioned uh, Amon-Ra, Aiden Hutchinson, and Panay Sewell. It seems like Sewell is getting a lot of ink. And like you said, is it just the, the sex appeal of the tackle spot, or is Panay the best offensive lineman on this team right now? I think it's both. I mean, it's the thing with him, too, is coming out so, so young. He was still younger than a handful of tackles taken in this year's draft class, um, you know, including early round guys. So I think you also see the growth potential with him. Uh, I think he's getting better and better as a pass protector. But when he gets out in space, uh, I mean, there's probably no one, you know, fun, fun, more fun to watch. He's a dancing bear and and he's a mauler, but a nimble you know, an effective athlete, no matter what you ask him to do. So, yeah, again, tackles get talked about a lot. He obviously was, you know, a top 10 pick, all those things. But I think he has best tackle in the NFL potential still within him. Um, and we could get there in the next, you know, year or two. Want to ask Brad about Aiden Hutchinson a little bit, a tier four edge rusher, according to pro football focus. I want to get Brad's thoughts on that. He didn't write the piece, but we've already trashed his buddy and our buddy Trevor Sikma enough. Want to get into that. And I'm in Ross St. Brown too, as well. Uh, first though, we got to tell you about our friends at FanDuel. Baseball season full swing, of course. Tigers back at it tonight. No better place to get into it than FanDuel. If you want to bet on baseball, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars. That's up to one thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first uh, first bet doesn't hit. Just go to FanDuel.com/slash locked on to join today. Don't miss your chance at that no sweat first bet. Get in and on anything. We got the golf coming to Detroit in a couple weeks. Want to put some money down on the PGA? You can do it at FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash on to sign up. Official partner, FanDuel is, of Major League Baseball. Our man Brad Spielberger with us from Pro Football Focus, PFF.com. Follow him on Twitter at PFF underscore Brad. Uh, I mentioned before Aiden Hutchinson. It was interesting. I really I love the pieces you guys do. I think PFF really shines at this time of year. And they were doing the tiers of edge rushers. I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling. Not that I thought you put Hutch up there with Miles Garrett or, or Micah Parsons, but I'm like, wait, a minute, where is he? 22nd, tier four. What, what did you think of that? Yeah, so I think the big thing there is, you know, a couple of the stats that jumped out for him. Obviously, good sack numbers, all those things. First, I would say he played the third most pass rush snaps in the NFL last year. So his volume was crazy. When you have a great offense and a leaky defense and you're playing a ton of games for all 60 minutes, his opportunity was just off the charts. 570 pass rush snaps. Like I said, third most of any player in the NFL last year. So 
We then, of course, for PFF, we look at the underlying metrics. His 12.2% pass rush win rate was outside the top 40 uh, for edge rushers last year with at least 100 pass rush snaps. And then his 10.1% pressure rate um, was also outside the top 50 among edge rushers with at least 100 pass rush snaps. So some good news. You look at the first half or second half of the year, and all those things start trending upward. You also look at what we call true pass sets, which is you remove screen plays, you remove play action, um, you remove quick outs when the quarterback throws the ball in less than two seconds. And again, Hutchinson shows up a little bit better um, you know, on these true plays that actually show and identify a guy's talent. So, look, he's on the list. He's trending strongly positive. Uh, you know PFF loves the guy, um, but he, he's not quite in that top echelon just yet. But I, I do think he will get there. Yeah, PFF loves him. Austin did the 30-part uh, series on him last year. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's weird. You know, win rate and all Obviously, you guys have people watching tape more than anybody, but how do you, you know, pressure rate, win rate, how do you, what's the definition of those just for the, for the layman out there? For sure. So I do think pressure is interesting because there are so many different companies now that do it and they define it differently. You know, ours is truly based on film. So is a, is a edge rusher causing a quarterback on tape to change his path or to, to scramble or escape the pocket or do whatever, that's going to be a pressure for us. Other companies, they actually use player tracking chips and say, did the guy get within this distance of the player? I won't give a value statement on which, which I think is better, um, but but I do believe I, I, other companies, there could be a blocker in the way, and it might still constitute a pressure. So that's that's one. Pass rush win rate is really just did you beat the man opposite you? So you could actually beat win your one-on-one -on -one matchup, use your hands well, swipe him down, but you don't actually pressure the quarterback because maybe he's already rolling the other way or something's happening, but you definitely won your one-on-one -on -one matchup, um, and, and that's how we define those two terms. How do you view Hutch then in year two? Like what, what do you think he has to improve on to get into that top 15? I think at times he could get a bit upright. And, and I think some of the, the heavy handed tackles could kind of just bump him off. If he didn't have good leverage and, and come in low, uh, they could kind of use his length and his height against him a little bit. And I think that frankly is something you just see from a guy that needs to have a full year in an NFL weight room. And, and we all know, or you can tell from hard knocks and whatnot, he's going to be in that weight room, putting in the work. So I think it really is just an adjustment period, just a different speed and size of the NFL level. But then also I think it's why, he makes a lot of sense to kick inside for some of these pass rushing downs. Let him use that length and that strength against guards and get right up on their toes quicker um, and still have the, nim the nimbleness, the flexibility um, that maybe could beat a guard that maybe tackles could handle better. But I do. I think he's going to be even better this year. And the stats will also match some of the underlying metrics we just talked about. Let's shift to the offense. Uh, I was on a Bears podcast last night with uh, a couple of guys, Mark and. Uh, um, uh, Mark Harmon, and they asked me who the best, you know, is Jared Goff the best quarterback in the division? I said yes, and, I, you know, I'm not a Justin Fields fan. I joke and call him Hall of Fields because I think people are putting gold jackets on him, but how would you answer that question? Yeah, it probably is. I think Kirk Cousins has an argument. I know he's everyone's favorite punching bag, but, you know, and his ceiling is not particularly high, but he's been a solid quarterback for a handful of years now. Um, but obviously he's about six, seven years older than Jared Goff, maybe even more than that. So, yeah, I think it's fair to say that as of right now, Jared Goff is, is that best quarterback. He's for sure the best thrower of the football. He's always been a great thrower of the football. 
you know, the Hall of Field stuff, it, it, you fall in love with that athletic ability. You just got to pair it with, you know, consistent throwing, which, which we have not seen in Chicago just yet. I mean, is he going to do it, do you think? Are you a Fields fan? Because now there's really no excuses. They've, they've given him the weapons. Uh, uh, the offensive line is better. They seem to love Herbert there. I know they lost Montgomery to, to us here, but what do, you, what do you think kind of the, you know, could he, could he have a Pro Bowl year? I've been reading that too. Yeah, so uh, look, you never want to make excuses, but I think they had maybe the worst receiving core in the NFL last year or close to it, and you bring in DJ Moore, who I think is a legit bona fide number one receiver, top 25 guy in the NFL, and then also, yeah, you sign Nate Davis in free agency, you obviously use a top 10 pick on Darnell Wright out of Tennessee, Yes, a rookie tackle, they can struggle, but I think he's a bit more pro-ready than your typical you know, first-round tackle. So, yeah, like you said, the excuses are no longer there. You have to show market improvement and, and be dramatically better in a drop-back passing standpoint. Pro Bowl would be very, very impressive. Um, I'll take less than that. I'll just take a consistent, you know, 3,500-yard, excuse me, uh, you know, just be a, you know, don't have these games where you have sub 100 passing yards or you have, you know, two, three picks, no touchdowns. Just become a consistent presence in the pocket. That would go a long way. You look at this offense and, and a lot of buzz about Jameer Gibbs, especially during mandatory minicamp and just the speed that's out there. Um, they did sign David Montgomery. They made a pretty big change there with Swift and Jamal Williams leaving. But what do you, as you're watching the film and thinking about uh, how they use Jameer Gibbs, how big of a home run hitter will he be for this team, do you think? I think you'll see it. And I do think once you get Jamison Williams back, he kind of opens everything up for everybody else. Obviously, you do have Marvin Jones, who can stretch the field and force a defense to respect the downfield passing attack. I mentioned you have Jared Goff, who really can uncork it as far as probably anybody else in this league. Once you have the space to operate underneath for both Amon Ross St. Brown and Jameer Gibbs, who can run legit routes out of the slot, can make guys miss in open space as well as anyone, probably why he went as high as he did, he has that lateral agility, that low center of gravity that reminds you of the Kamara and Delvin Cooks of the world. Like He does have that ability. I think he could break off a bunch of really big gains or just turn a check down into a 15-yard reception. And those little things go a long way, you know, in moving the chains and keeping drives alive. I think we're going to see a lot of that from him this year. And you mentioned Laporta, too. It just seems like, you know, sky's the limit also. I mean, they took him early for a reason, and you got to figure he'll be right out there, right? I think so, yeah. I mean, obviously you have Brock Wright and a couple other guys, but I think he should be the number one tight end pretty quickly. It is a position that we've looked at, you know, growth curves in the NFL, and it's a slower one, um, you know, for, for, compared to pretty much any position. But with him, I think the simplicity is he's great after the catch. Just get him the ball, let him be a bulldozer, or, you know, make some guys miss as well. Um, and I think that you don't really need to, you know, it's not rocket science. Say, hey, we're going to give you a quick out, a quick screen, and then just follow your blockers and make guys miss. I think any Anyone can do that, and I think they'll find a way to get him involved, build his confidence with quick touches, and he'll put them to good good use. We got into a little, uh, got to get into a little bit of Amon Ross St. Brown discussion. We will do that too coming up next. First, though, got to tell you about Marg's Sparkling Margaritas, a proud sponsor of Locked On Lions. Good drink, you want that at the end of the day, weekends especially. You want something refreshing, and you're tired of the white claws and high noons. Thank God I stumbled recently upon Marg's. Refreshing, ready-to-drink, sparkling margaritas have become uh, my go-to cocktail. Love them. Created with uh, real Blanco tequila, Marg's are clean, refreshing. They got five unique flavors as well, so you're not getting the same thing each and every time. Love it. Kick back the summertime. It's getting hot now. We're officially in summer. And get yourself 
some margs, the drink of summer. Go to sipmargs, S-I-P-M-A-R-G-S.com to find a retailer near you. Must be 21 over, a 21 and over to enjoy. Cheers and please drink responsibly from our friends at Mars. Speaking of friends, we love, always love talking to Brad Spielberger, pro football focus at pff.com. Um, hi, Brad. Recently, Amon Ross St. Brown was talking about, you know, I, I'm ready to, to run deeper patterns. I'm ready to be more outside this year. Two years, and he's been so successful as kind of this guy that sneaks up on you, especially on third downs in the slot. Would you change if you're, if you're you know, uh, Ben Johnson, or is it time to kind of give him more opportunities to be on the outside, do you think? Yeah, it is interesting. His six and a half yard average depth of target is 112th out of 122 receivers last year uh, that had at least 25 targets. So one of the lowest, you know, average depth of targets in the entire NFL. But then you look at just on targets thrown 10 plus yards downfield, his 92.8 receiving grade was 14th in, in football for us last year. So a top 15 wide receiver, when he is targeted 10 or more yards beyond uh, the line of scrimmage, clearly has the capability to do it it's obviously not his bread and butter and how they view him in his best capacity but he's good pretty much wherever you put him and wherever you target him so yeah maybe a little bit more get him more involved um let him do more things you obviously don't have dj chark anymore i mentioned marvin jones but you know not quite the player uh, you know age wise of a dj chark hey in the first six weeks why not let him let him try it out see what you can do there use gibbs use laporta underneath um but i do think you know, he's been incredibly successful in how they've used him. I trust Ben Johnson will put him in a position to succeed as he has already so far. I can't believe this. I actually got a, a, a tweet from a listener that said, what about it? You know, Lions need another receiver. What about Antonio Brown? I'm like, are you out of your mind? Is he even still like sane enough to play the NFL? But fans still want one more, one more receiver on this roster right now to help out with uh, Amon Ra. But even with, like you said, last year, Chark was hurt, J-Mo's out, St. Brown still did work. Yeah, still was incredibly productive. Yeah, I don't think Antonio Brown is is who you're looking at. I don't <laughs> think this front office uh, or coaching staff would even consider it. Last I heard, he was he was he owns like a, an arena league team or something like that. I think he suited up for them at one point. So yeah, he, he's preoccupied. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with the notion. I mean, they have some decent depth there. You can't overlook Josh Reynolds, some of the pieces that are in the building, but Maybe, you know, circle back around. It sounds like they're not really in the Hopkins market, but you never know. Guys can come available uh, during training camp. Someone gets cut, whatever. I wouldn't close the door, um, but I also wouldn't say it's a pressing need as of right now. Are enough people talking about Amon Ra as a top? You know, again, I think you guys had him 11 or 12 in terms of receivers. There's a lot of good ones, but is there enough of a discussion about just how good this guy is? I think the thing there, and it goes back to, you know, the average depth of target and all that is that slot receivers or, you know, close to line of scrimmage guys just sometimes don't get the the accolades and, and kind of, you know, recognition of the, the downfield, big body, contested catch guy. And it's not really a commentary on what's more effective or what's more valuable. I think the physical skill set is probably more rare for the latter group, but it's not easy to take hits over the middle and have 140 targets and, and constantly, you know, be the focal point of the offense. So, yeah, I mean, he probably could get, you know, even more acclaim going forward with another big year. Uh, but I do think fantasy football and stuff like that has certainly boosted his profile as well because uh, he's a gem in all those leagues with the, with the volume he's getting in this offense. All right, final thing for Brad Spielberger. Division-wise, now that you're taking a, a, a big look at it and 
Certainly there's been some movement with the Vikings. And if they've traded to Neil Hunter, I don't know what to say. And no one knows the Vikings better than you. But how do you look at this one through four right now here on June 22nd? I probably would still go Detroit first. I would keep Minnesota second. But yeah, if you trade Daniel Hunter, you're talking about between him and Zadarius Smith trading 150 pressures away. I'm not really sure how you replace that. So um, anyway, we'll do Detroit one, Minnesota two. I'll do Chicago three. I think they'll make a, a, a tangible improvement and will win seven, eight games this year. And then look, Green Bay, you're betting against an organization that does simply not lose that many games. I just don't know what to make of Jordan Love. I, you know, I don't think we've seen really much to have much confidence. You could argue we also haven't seen much to have a, a lack of confidence. But the defense, all they do is keep investing resources, and they don't get any better. Uh, they didn't change D coordinators this offseason for whatever reason. I just think they're going to have a down year uh, and maybe be back quickly, uh, but have a down year in 2023. Brad, always good to see you. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Brad Spielberg with us from Pro Football Focus here on a Thursday edition of Lockdown Lines. Thanks for making us your first listen. Shout out to the everydayers that are with us each and every day. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow.